If you haven't checked out Hulu's latest series starring Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short, Only Murders in the Building, it's one of the highest rated comedies of the year. We're discussing the first three episodes, True Crime, Who is Tim Kono, and How Well Do You Know Your Neighbors? The remaining seven episodes will be released weekly with promises of a thrilling, conclusive finale. But again, we're just talking about the first three. You're listening to today's episode. Let's get the easy stuff out of the way first. What would you give this show? Uh, Overall, probably a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10? It has an 8.7 on IMDb. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it has a 4 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. And that is the one I'm most confused by because it is rated MA. I know there's language. I know there's murder. So why is it friendly to a family audience? Well, I mean, you have Steve Martin and Martin Short. Like, I think it's geared towards kind of the people that they grew up with, like on SNL. Like, those two wild and crazy guys, like the 70s, 80s type of SNL. This is their fifth production that they've done together. Well, that's crazy. But it is the first that Steve Martin has ever starred regularly in a TV show. He's kind of like a Tom Cruise type. I was kind of trying to think about the last time that I've seen him in something. And I I think it was like SNL maybe a couple years ago. Oh, just in general? Yeah. yeah, he almost like retired in 2009, or he did for a while, and then he's come back. But that's all in the wayside, because he came up with this show by himself. It was his idea, and then he had John Hoffman write it out for him. They teamed up with the guy from This Is Us, Dan Fogelman. Oh, in- yeah, yeah. I, I recognized the name, and I was like, where have I seen him before? Yeah. So they've had a lot of help, and then they put it into production. They got Selena on board. She became an executive producer as well. Martin Short. The two of them, um, Steve Martin and Martin Short, they kind of remind me of like a different version of Penn and Teller. How, how so? <laughs> if you just look at a picture, they kind of look like Penn and Teller does. Like one of them's kind of short and his name is Martin Short. <laughs> um, point is, talk to me about this show. You've watched three episodes. You should be able to give me some plot. Yeah, so we have Oliver. He's played by Martin Short. We have Charles. He's played by Steve Martin. And Mabel, uh, she's played by Selena Gomez. And they're all connected because they listen to this one podcast. I think it's called, like, Nothing Good Happens in Oklahoma or something like that. And it all revolves around a murder. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason, they just keep meeting each other. They, like, meet each other in the elevator. There's even another guy in the elevator named Tim. And then... um, So how do they figure out that they all listen to the same podcast? Well, the the fire alarm goes off in the hotel the hotel and their or apartments and complex and they're like oh god so they all end up actually meeting at the coffee table like by coincidence again because they had already met in the elevator earlier mm-hmm. and then um that's when martin short first meets charles and he's like if you don't mind i'm listening to this podcast and then you see that charles is actually like has his own map and he's listening to the same podcast trying to figure out because it's a mystery podcast like what exactly is going on and then mabel sees them two from earlier goes over and then they're they all have like the same questions and they're really happy they listen to the same podcast but when they go back um into the apartment complex it's like guarded off they're not allowed in but they want to know exactly what's going on because they heard someone killed themselves and they're able to actually sneak up to the floor and see who did it and uh who did it was the guy named tim the other person who made it into the elevator earlier so the whole entire show revolves around them making their own podcast all three episodes focus around them starting their own podcast yeah also their investigation into 
this apartment building. Right, and basically they're they're learning new things, such as there was a cat that was in the room, and he didn't own a cat. The cat was owned by someone else when Tim committed suicide, and and, and so that person's a suspect. Yeah, that person's a suspect. They even interview him in the third episode. There's, was it a celebrity by any chance? Because uh, I, no. I hear there's a lot of yeah. cameos in this. Well, by the end of the third episode, we get Sting. And uh, they even dropped the first Sting episode. Sting from the police. Yeah. And Not Sting the wrestler. They, they dropped the first podcast episode in the third episode, and they do check the analytics, and only four people have listened to it. But uh-huh. somehow, one of those people is Sting, and he's, he's apparently a big suspect because he went into um, Oliver's apartment and even wrote a note saying, and the podcast are all end you. And you realize <laughs> that uh, at least it seems like Sting is the one who poisoned Oliver's dog that he's had his pit bull that he has had in the first three episodes i don't think the pit bull is dead but it was like what and that's something about this show that i realized the back half of every single episode always started off like the first 20 minutes were really funny they had some really good jokes in there but then it always turned into the dramatic route and sometimes it worked for the show and sometimes it didn't for example in the first episode um the back half you learn that martin short is really really tight on cash uh he's not going to be able to hold up his apartment and so he goes to his son and asks for money and his son is just like i cannot do it again i cannot give you money the second episode is about mabel her backstory she used to hang out with these people because she actually knew tim the person who killed himself in the elevator um she she was like best friends with him and the person they're making the podcast about she knew right like as a friend yeah friend. That, that was kind of the cliffhanger in the first episode you see the very last shot is like a picture frame of her and uh, tim and then two other people named oscar and zoe and so does oliver and charles know that she knew him uh not not yet no. wait so is is there a chance that one of them is the killer I think that it was just supposed to be a twist, the fact that Mabel knew him. because. But then, why wouldn't she tell them that, is what I'm asking. Well, that's kind of the question that they're leaving for the show. All right, I think so, you're supposed to watch more. So with Oliver, right, that is Martin Short's character. Yeah. He's short on money. Mm-hmm. And uh, unlike Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who has a net worth of like $40 million. Also, they all live in this Upper West Side apartment complex, right? Yeah. Okay. And in real life, that place is actually called the Belnord. Okay. Okay. And it was yeah. built in 1906, designated a landmark in 1966. Oh, you wow. can actually like live there. Would you live there if you wanted to? Like there are big staircases. Yeah, it was a stuff. really nice place. Okay. It was really big and, and like luxurious. Do you have four to twelve million dollars offhand to buy one of those condos and then pay thousands of dollars in taxes and You're rent? You're kidding? A month? Are you serious? No, that's that just much? a normal amount that you'd pay in New York. So my question is. How are they affording this anyways? Because you, you explain how Martin Shore barely is making by. Well, the thing is... But, like, how is Selena Gomez's character affording this place? Uh, I think that they talked about the fact that her parents might have owned okay, it. Okay, so she's, like, a trust fund baby. Right. How about Steve Martin? Steve Martin used to be, like, a famous actor um, on yes, TV. Yes, I know. His na- <laughs> no, like, in the show, his name was Brazo. In fact, there's even a funny joke at the very beginning where he's asking some people who recognize him if they want to take a picture. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, but he he's actually going to take a picture of them not take a picture with him oh is he like bojack horseman sort of like yeah yeah because he like he gets recognized but it doesn't seem like people really i guess appreciate him and he seems very introverted in this role introverted interesting we've done our fair share of like true crime podcasts or uh, i'm sorry true <laughs> yeah we've done our own true crime podcast it's a spinoff of this one you guys should check it out um we've done our fair we like we've done reviews of uh dirty john dr death the serpent We've also looked at shows like Search Party and uh, American Vandal, which are spoofs of the true crime genre. And this reminds me a lot of American Vandal because it's got the tack board kind of mystery solving aspect from that point of view. But more like Search Party in that you've got that drama 
And you and you're focusing on one character and learning more about them as they're either missing or in this case dead. Yes, and with Search Party, as you were saying, you have the characters learning more about themselves than the actual victim or what's happening with the crime. So it's right. more a character study of Oliver and Charles and Mabel. But I heard the chemistry between the three of them, maybe just credit to the actors, is really good in this show. Yeah, it's a driving force behind it. I think it benefits the show greatly. Which one is the funniest? Is that like... They're all different. Where you have like Oliver, where he kind of plays like the straight character who's trying to be, I guess, a lot more... Um, a lot more popular than he actually is. That's where a lot of his comedy comes from. Then you have Charles, where it's like, his comedy is no one likes him, even though he used to be this big actor, and he doesn't really have much to him, except for the fact that he used to play this, like, in this Brazo TV show. Does Oliver try to recruit Charles into one of his plays, or does he, like, spit out any plays that he's working on? Yeah, in the third episode, you get Backflash of 2005, where he uh, he actually did do Broadway plays, and I believe it's Nathan Lane that he's pitching it to. Okay. And he's talking about how he wants to make this Broadway show called Splash, and he wants to, like, build a pool in there, and he's already formed million dollars over budget but somehow it's able to convince nathan lane to, to do that you know what it's inter- like nathan lane has done broadway forever right mm-hmm. he did the producers he did the odd couple all that stuff um but he's never been in the lion king production the broadway one when he was in the original lion king well i don't think the character he played uh, what, what was his name again or Pumbaa, yeah, one of them. i don't think that he would be able to pull off yeah you have to be fairly order. acrobatic to yeah. do it but he could just do the voice from the back i think people would get a kick out of that I mean, I mean, maybe in some ways. Almost. Anyways, yeah. So I saw Nathan Blaine's name in there. He was also, I think, in an episode of Modern Family. So again, the Dan Fogelman connection, connection is there. Yeah. But you were talking about... Actually, can you guess the tagline for the show? Because I have two here, and I want to see if you can guess the right oh, one. You I, can check in, but you can never leave. Or everybody has a secret. Everybody has a secret? Everybody. Uh, I think it's you can check in, but you can never leave. No, that's just the Eagle song. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, Hotel California. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then also you're uh, talking about uh, kind of where the comedy comes from. Mabel, she plays the mean-spirited type of person. I forgot her. Well, millennial. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be boomers. She's supposed to be a millennial. Yeah, and there's definitely some, uh, uh, well, I like to say, boomer humor in this. Uh, making like, fun of her or is she making fun uh, of her? I kind of both. Like, for example, Steve Martin doesn't know how to write a text message. And they talk about how, like, when you call millennials, they kind of get mad at it because they just would rather read than actually do, uh, actually, like, answer. Who texts anymore? <laughs> you watched three episodes. What was the body count after these three episodes? It was it was one. I mean, Just unless, one? unless you want to count the cat that dies in it, then there's two. <laughs> but yeah, no, because this is significantly lighter. Uh, the only time you see a dead body is really when they uh, see that the guy has shot himself in the elevator. And at the very beginning, I think that Selena Gomez is kneeling over a body with blood on her as Martin Short and. Uh, and see Martin rush into the room. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that might be two, actually. I hear that there's another famous cameo that was in there. Tina Fey? Yeah, in the first episode. And and I was wondering if that was her. I, did she play herself? No, she plays... Because I thought maybe she would play herself from like 30 Rock or something. No, you know the podcast that they're listening to? The Oklahoma podcast? Yes. Uh, they do a cut to, and you basically see the scene that the narrator is narrating, and she plays one of the characters in that. And then they also, I think, use like music that is very close to the serial podcast music in the background 
Um, so yeah, there's it, a lot they, of they make fun of that as well. Nods Steve, too. Steve Martin like is playing the accordion or something <laughs> in the background. <laughs> well, he likes to play the banjo in real right, life, right? But so. it's supposed to be background. It's supposed to serve as background music for the podcast that they're making. Yeah. And the third episode has deals a lot with Martin Shorty, the producer of this new podcast. So he tries to go to Nathan Lane after years of asking for money and tries to get a sponsorship because again he needs to pay the pills at that moment, like uh, that night, or else he's going to be out of the apartment. Evicted. Yeah, and that, that's the only part of the show that I didn't really buy because, again, Nathan Lane had had it listened to Martin Short for years, like, just gained tons of money from him, like, millions and millions of dollars, and yet somehow uh, Oliver just goes to Nathan Lane's apartment later on with a couple drinks and is able to convince him to, like, be a sponsor for the podcast, and therefore he's able to pay his bills. So for now, it just sounds like you're ready to enjoy the ride wherever it takes you. Yeah, well, the third episode started to kind of have cracks in it a little bit. Like, again, all that happens is... You introduced uh, a lot of characters in the second episode, right, that you were about to talk about? Like, Oscar, I know he's one of the main characters. Right, the Hardy Boys. The Hardy yeah. Boys. But he's, like, literally in the main cast, and he's one of the few members that isn't, like, Selena Gomez. Yeah, well, what happens is, is uh, Zoe, I think the person that I was also speaking about, she ends up dying in the second episode. We learned that she was kind of So there of is the a head. second body count. Yeah, so that brings it to three. Uh, but they end up blaming Oscar. Oscar for it because he like because we hear Wait, they scream. blame Oscar for the yeah. murder. So what happens is the Hardy Boys they all go to this like dinner party that's happening on this rooftop type of thing, and uh, we see all that, in the backflash. Yeah, all in the backflash, and we see that Oscar and Zoe they are together. Uh, they are they're in a fight, and off screen we hear Zoe basically scream and shoot a gun. <laughs> no, 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 nothing that dark. But then we see that uh, Tim he goes to. Uh, he goes to Mabel and he's like, "Hey, there was someone else who was there." So was Tim a- is her age, though. Right, they're they're all the same age. Right? Yeah. So, but I, these two old men, Steve Martin and Martin Short, are both investigating the death of someone who's like fifty years. Well, younger yeah, than the them. plot the plot's obviously ridiculous because again, no one would no one would be like, "Oh, it was a suicide," but what if it wasn't? <laughs> it's but Jackson it's like murder. he's a kid to them, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah, and they even start like going through his trash in the first episode, just trying to figure out any type of thing that could have possibly been the case. As Where are Tim's parents? Well, we we don't know. In fact, really, we they wouldn't just show up and be like, "We're here to collect his belongings." No, but kid. he was there the, like his whole entire life. Like he was in that apartment complex his whole life. Like we see a backflash where he was like ten years old and he knows everyone in the building, and he's not necessarily liked. In fact, even when we uh, they, there's just a memorial service held for him in the second episode, and uh, when they're like, "Does anyone have any nice like information we could say about Tim?" Uh, people are more upset that the cat Evelyn, who kind of went around and greeted everybody on like separate floors, had died because that information gets out. They're like, "Oh no, Evelyn died at Tim's memorial." So we learned that Tim was kind of hated by everyone. In was the, Tim just a jerk? Uh, I think that all the Hardy Boys had, must have done something to the hotel to make it so that they were not liked. Okay, and how many hotel people do you see? Because this was shot during COVID. I'd say that like at the memorial is probably where you see the most people, and I'd say that like around thirty. Would you, you said you'd like to live in a place like this. There are some weird apartments out there, and I wasn't sure if you were going to say that you would be okay with living in an apartment complex that was dealing with murder cases. Well, yeah, when there's so, a murder out on the loose, I would probably not want to live in but it. But even if it was a nice place? Yeah, even if it was a nice place, because there's a murder. Would you rather live in an apartment made of mirrors? Because there are those. Oh, God. That reminds me of a movie that I just saw recently. They're like almost <laughs> invisible outside because it reflects everything. So you just see yourself the whole day? There's mirror houses, there's mirror apartments. You can find them out there. They're just expensive. Is it like one of those mirror places where they have like different ones where you can look at yourself? It's not like a really fun house. It's not like where you... <laughs> yeah, it's not a fun house. Uh, then there's also an apartment made of paper. 
paper? It's pretty famous, yeah. Like, I'm assuming this is stronger Everything, paper. It's cardboard and paper. Wait, to so make people sure can both. just, like, get a sword? I don't know what happens if it if it rains or if there's, like, a fire or something. <laughs> well, it reminds me a lot of, like, a glass stone and a rock. <laughs> um, and then there's also an apartment that's made completely of ping pong balls. You know what's so funny about that is that I'm sure that it costs a lot to live there, but it seems like it would be the easiest to destroy. Uh, it's a gimmick of sorts. Yeah, no, but like, who would want to actually live in a place? Like, who's... I think it's more <laughs> a, something an architect does to it's their claim to fame. This is made from ping pong balls. Everything, their bed is the shades their are. Bed. The... <laughs> that genuinely makes me wonder if you could actually play ping pong off of the house, just like off the floor and walls. Just like, have you almost seen no, balls it of bounce? Fear? It won't bounce, obviously, because it's like so uneven. Oh, wait, but, like, I, I assume that, like, they put filler in. It's not just, like, a ton of ping pong balls. It's all ping pong like... balls. Also, you know how we were talking about the title, Only Murders in the Building? Feels like The Purge, you know? Like, The Purge Apartment Complex. You know, they always like to add the hyphens, and then they say, like, and then you have only apartments here. You know how they have Are the... Are you proud of yourself? You know how they have the Forever Purge? Yeah, that was the movie that just came out. Do you think that the... the they'll have the last purge and then it'll like completely contradict the idea that of the one forever makes sense. purge because yeah, it's like forever purge <laughs> last purge well they, had, did they... they did the first purge so like they could also do the middle purge or something like that well no they i'm saying the forever purge makes it sound like it, there's never going to be a last purge so it'd be funny if the immediate one after they released the forever purge was the last purge well the last purge just, is like, the confused. apocalypse at that point that's just where like everyone goes around everywhere and just kills people I, I was thinking that they would just end the purging. They were like, everybody's got to get it out of their systems one more time. <laughs> it can be restricted to this apartment building, but only in the building. It can't happen on the roof or the balcony because <laughs> only murders in the building. Well, that it also just led me to think it would be such a letdown if Kim did just kill himself. And that's how they like there's so many ways this show could end up like really failing my expectations but they've done such a good job in the first three episodes so you're absorbed in this mystery it's right. not just about the characters it's not just about the humor it's actually that you want to see where this goes right yeah that's that's why i think characters. it has an 8.7 because a lot of the time shows stumble and it becomes very predictable and you're just kind of watching for the laugh laughing moments well like i talked the, about the reason the why. that make you giggle uh, yeah, I was talking about the reason why, like, I didn't like Mr. Mayor. It feels like they just put Ted Danson in there because they were able to. Here, it's like, yeah, obviously, see Martin Martin Shorts, uh, Selena Gomez. They're going to have their own fan bases that come and watch this show. But they didn't just put them in there because they were famous. They do a really good job, have really good chemistry, and it's part of a really good story. Well, Steve Martin made clear that at the end of each season, while he was pitching this, that they would come down to a conclusion. So I feel like, if anything, season two might star different actors where you might get a, ta a Ted Danson type and then like another young lead. And it would just be a similar story, but it, but it would feel like a retread if they were to do the same group every single I was, season. I was thinking that much like, again, Why Women Kill. But I really do kind of hope that because a lot of anthology shows kind of do that. I really do hope that it's them three again, just solving murders, because I again, like I said, I'm You're that invested into those. Yeah, three. yeah, that's cool. That's that's that makes me want to watch it then. Well, yeah, you should. <laughs> All right. Well, unless you have anything else you want to say about like episode three, uh, I'll say this about the show. Um, maybe every single episode doesn't exactly like hit structurally plot wise, but it'll keep you very entertained. So take so that's why you well. got a nine out of ten. Yeah, which you started off this thing by saying. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.